son, how are you? I'm gonna go ahead and start before the bumper finishes, I'm sorry. Hey everyone, how are you? It's good to see you. Uh, it's been a while since I've been able to be here. Uh, so it's wonderful to see you again. Now some of you have never seen me before, but you don't look like I thought you would either. So uh, it's okay, we're on equal ground. Uh, just to let you know a little bit about uh, me so we can introduce ourselves. I've been married to Debbie. Uh, this May will be 42 years that we've been married. And um, so, and I know, I know what you're thinking when you look at me and you think, there's no way that guy could have been married 42 years because he looks too young. <laughs> I know all of you are thinking that, right? Okay, so uh, we did get married young. It was the biggest event of uh, sixth grade. And so... Um, we actually got married after our first year of college, and I was only 18 at the time. I graduated high school at 17. So, uh, but we also, we have three grown and married children, and we have nine grandchildren. Uh, and I brought a picture, so you can see a picture of our family. So this is a picture of our family, uh, two sons. Uh, so son on the left, and then son in the middle with his wife and their kids and all, then daughter and son-in-law on the end. My daughter and son-in-law, by the way, uh, started a church two years ago in Houston, in the Houston area of uh, Texas there. Uh, so if you know anyone in that area, it's called Gateway Church there, and they're just doing a, a fantastic job. And so uh, I'm really, really excited to be with uh, Dave. I've heard a lot about Dave. This is our first time to get to fellowship, and every t- everything I've heard it's kind of like Solomon visiting, you know, the Queen of Sheba visited Solomon. It's twice as good. And I, I just want to let you know, uh, you are blessed to have Dave as your senior pastor. And I'm, I'm very honored, honored, Dave, to be here with you. Uh, and I'm also honored to be a part of this series, More Than Money. This is the fourth week. Dave will be here next week sharing, and that will be the, uh, the last in this series. And what I want to do is tell you, I, I grew up going to church, and uh, there was a word, though, that was a scary word to me. And so I want to tell you a little bit about that word and hopefully take some fear out of that word, uh, but the word was tithe. That, that was a, a scary word to me growing up. And I remember as I began to learn about the Bible, I started learning, okay, now this is seems to be more Old Testament. There are only eight verses in the New Testament about it. Uh, it kind of seems like a temple tax. Uh, I mean, God, why would you do that? And what I found out is that like all of the commandments in the Old Testament, we are under grace, but there's a principle behind the commandment. And it's the principle that we're looking for. That's what we're trying to understand why would God say, I want you to bring 10% of your income to the house of the Lord? I, I don't think he's trying to pay the light bill in heaven. I don't think he's hurting any. So as I've studied this, I've realized that it's the principle that we need to understand. And so I've entitled this message, The Principle of First. The Principle of First. And I'm going to read an Old Testament scripture to you. That's where we're going to start it's a little Old Testament-y, you know what I mean by that? It, it takes a little while to understand it, so we'll unpack it in a moment, all right? Exodus 13, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate, that means set apart to me, all 
the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. In other words, it belongs to me. The firstborn belongs to me. Verse 12 says that you shall set apart to the Lord. There's set apart again, same word as consecrate. All that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. Now this is where it gets real Old Testament-y and we'll have to explain it. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. In other words, it belongs to the Lord, so if you keep it, you're going to lose it anyway. And all the firstborn among man, among your sons, you shall redeem. All right, so I have three points. That kind of helps me to stay where I'm going, right? Here's the first point. Number one, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. This is according to Old Testament law, okay? And I understand we're under under grace, but we're looking for the principle. What's the principle behind this? The firstborn, what we just read, must be sacrificed or redeemed. But how do you know which? How do you know whether you sacrifice it or redeem it? Well, he gives us two animals that are exemplary of classifications of animals. Donkeys represent unclean animals, and lambs represent clean animals. So what he's saying is, if your clean animal has a firstborn, you have to sacrifice the first one, just the first one. If your unclean animal has a firstborn, you have to redeem it. Redeem means to buy back, so like when that donkey... Uh, grows up, you want to use it for something, you have to buy it back from the Lord because it belongs to the Lord. The firstborn belonged to the Lord. But the way you do that is by the sacrifice of a clean animal. Now, what in the world does that mean to us today? You know, what in the world is the principle? Well, let's think about clean and unclean. The clean have to be sacrificed, and the unclean are redeemed by the sacrifice of a clean. Now, I'm going to tell you something in a moment that you're all going to go, oh, I mean, that did really, you're, you're, I'm, I'm sure of it, especially since I've now asked you if you would go, oh, okay. I'm going to take this and, and, and put us in the, in the scenario. Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, were you and I born clean or unclean? Spiritually speaking, unclean. In other words, we were born with a sin nature. We were born with a bent toward sin. Uh, If you don't believe me, uh, let me just ask the experts here, parents, okay? All the parents, Do you have to teach your children to be bad? (laughs) Or does it come naturally for them? And you have to teach them to be what? Good, right? Okay, so we were all born unclean, spiritually, sinners. Was Jesus born unclean? Are clean. 
clean, right? Okay, listen, get ready. Here's the awe moment, okay? The clean Jesus had to be sacrificed so that the unclean could be redeemed. That's what we just read. Oh, there you go. That's the principle. As a matter of fact, Jesus is actually called the firstborn among many brethren. And in a moment, we're talking about first fruits. He's also called the first fruits. So he's the first. In other words, God, he's kind of like God's tithe. Now, I want you to think about this. You give the tithe in faith. In the same way, God gave, according to Romans, Jesus in hope, which it's the same Greek root word for faith, God gave Jesus in hope that we would believe is what the Bible says. In other words, God didn't wait to see if we would straighten up or not to give Jesus. God gave Jesus while we were yet sinners, while we were mocking him and spitting on him and nailing him to a cross. God gave us Jesus hoping that we would believe. He gave him first. He didn't wait to see if we would believe. He gave Jesus first. So this principle, the first is all through Scripture. I don't have time to, 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 to go through all of it with you. I could do a whole series on the principle of first. But just a couple of things when you think about it. Uh, he said, when your sheep has a lamb, give the first one. The, the word tithe, by the way, means a tenth. So when we say a tenth, it's not the last tenth, though. It's the first tenth. And the reason we know that is because of this principle here. Uh, in other words, it takes faith to give the first lamb. See, it wouldn't take faith to have ten and then give one. It takes faith to give the first one before you have the other nine. God didn't say, wait until your sheep has ten lambs and then give me one, and you can give me the one that you don't like that keeps getting in your garden. That'll be okay too. He said, no, give me the first one before you have. See, it's, it's God's way of, of getting faith to be enacted in our hearts. Again, tithing, he never implemented tithing. And by the way, it was not implemented by a preacher. It was implemented by God. So why would he do this? He's doing it for our good. He's doing it. It's, it's like Dave said in the first message, it's all about the heart. It's about God doing a work in our hearts where we put God first in our hearts in every area of our life. And here's the biggie in money. Uh, Another example is Jericho. Uh, When they went in to take the promised land, God said, bring all of the silver and gold from Jericho into the house of the Lord. Why did he say bring all from Jericho? It's simple because Jericho was the first city. (laughs) See, when you give the first... The rest are redeemed. That's the principle. That, that's the way it was with the firstborn. So when they gave the first city, the rest of the cities were redeemed. Um, I showed you the picture of my, my daughter and son-in-law. And um, when they started dating, uh, they were part of our young adults group. And they were standing around talking one time after the young adult service. And they got there were seven or eight of them. And they got to joking with... Uh, Ethan, my son-in-law, future son-in-law at that time, about what's it like to date the pastor's daughter, you know. And um, in a little while, one of them said to Elaine, my daughter, you know, your dad is so strong on tithing, I'll bet he even checks the tithing records of the guys that want to date you. (laughs) And my daughter said, 
he does. <laughs> and I did. You want to know why? Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He could tell me all day that his heart was in the church, but I could go to his record and see if his heart was in the church or not. It's simple. And, and why would I give my, we're talking about giving, we're born takers, we're born again givers. We want to give, you want to give. I, we don't have to talk you into giving, you want to give, you want to. It's just sometimes we get so strapped by the world system, we think we can't give. But we want to give once we, get, once we give our lives to the Lord. And so why would I want to give my daughter to a taker instead of a giver? So the, the first principle here, firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Second, the first fruits must be offered. So we've talked about firstborn, now first fruits. The first fruits must be offered. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your possessions. Think about that for a while. Do you honor the Lord with your possessions? And with the first fruits of all your increase. By the way, do y'all know what the Hebrew word for all here means? Uh, all. Okay, all right, let's go on. <clears throat> all your increase. And for the word increase, just to help bring it up to modern day, we could say income. That's your increase. Honor the Lord with the first fruits, the first 10% of all your income. So your barns will be filled with plenty. And notice again, the benefits for you, not for God, it's for you. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Exodus 23, 19, the first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now, when the Bible talks about tithing, it uses the word bring. Bring the tithes in the storehouse. It doesn't use the word give. Let me tell you why. Because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. But you can bring it. Or you can keep it. One or the other. Um, when I, we're talking about firstborn and firstfruits. Now we've kind of included these two words on these first two points. When I was in seminary, the, uh, uh, one of the students asked one of the professors, why did God accept Abel's offering and he didn't accept Cain's offering? And the professor said, you know, I really don't know. Uh, I, I just never, I've studied it, but I've never really understood that myself. And years later, when the Lord showed me this principle of first, immediately I thought of Cain and Abel. And I went back and read it, and you're going to see it. You will see why God accepted Abel's and he didn't accept Cain's. Because remember, firstborn and first fruits belong to God. So look at this, Genesis 4, verse 3. And in the process of time, this is talking about Cain's offering. In the process of time, in other words, not right at the first of harvest. At the, in the process of time, it came to pass. It just sort of happened over a few months. It came to pass that Cain brought an offering, not first fruits, an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected or received Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. There it was right there. Cain is a farmer, and he didn't bring first fruits. Abel is a rancher, but he brought firstborn. 
Now, some of you might think, well, you know, I was way back then. The, 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 this, these, those Exodus scriptures you read a while ago, and especially the ones in Proverbs, hadn't even been written. How would he know? He knew because of God. Because it's in the nature of God, and the God put that nature in us that he's first. Let me... Let me um, uh, let me explain something to you, okay? Um, you've probably heard about this or read about this or heard a series about this at some point, but one of the best things you can ever do is study the attributes of God. Attribute is basically kind of what you think about, a tribute. It's telling you the characteristics of a person. Um, and so there are characteristics of God, and there are some things about God you need to know that God, um, it's, it's, it's not that God wouldn't accept Cain's offering, it's that God couldn't accept his offering. Now, we're all in a different journey, I understand that. But in the beginning of our journey with God, many times we think, well, God's God, God can do anything he wants. No, God can't do anything he wants. Because he can never do something outside of his character. In other words, God can't lie. Jesus didn't say, I know the truth. He said, I am the truth. So God can't lie. He can't. Um, I'll tell you a few things that are kind of funny to think about. God can't change. This is called the immutability of God. Again, this is one of his attributes. Uh, The reason God can't change is because if God could change, he could get better. And God can't get better because he's best. He's already best. So, so there are some things God can't do. So I'll tell you another one that I think it's funny when you think about it. God can't think the way we think. He cannot think the way we think. Why? Well, here's an attribute of God. The omniscience of God. God is omniscient. Omni means all. Science means knowledge. God has all knowledge. God knows everything. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but God knows everything. Let me say it another way. God knows everything at the same time. The reason God can't think the way we think is because when we think, we're actually trying to figure something out. God's not trying to figure anything out. He already knows it. Okay, um, let me go a little further here because you're, I don't know if you're catching it like I want you to or maybe let me let me um uh nothing has ever occurred to God okay let me let me go a little um God has never said you know what I just thought of <laughs> I just thought of something I've never thought of before and, and, and even a moment ago when I said God can't think the way we think, you have to add the way we think because the Bible talks about his thoughts. But even that scripture backs up this theology because this is what it says. Here's what God says. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I don't, I don't think like you. See, there are some things God can't do. Okay, let me tell you something else God cannot do. He can never be second. This is called the preeminence of God. God is first. He cannot only not be second, he will not accept second best. He only accepts the first. Abel brought the firstborn. God said, I can accept that. Cain brought 
second or third or fourth best. And God said, I'm sorry, I can't accept that. So you need to understand this word tithe. It's not this word that that's Old Testament and all that. There's a principle behind it. And the principle is, is God first in your life? Is he really first? Is he first in your finances? Do you believe that if you give the first 10% to God, the rest of your income is blessed? Do you believe that 90% with God's blessing can go farther than 100% without? That's really what it means. So, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. First fruits must be offered. Here's point three. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. Leviticus 27.30 says, and all the tithe of the land. And remember, what's the Hebrew word for all mean? Yeah, all. Yeah. All the tithe of the land. All the tenth. A tenth of the land. Whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. There it is again. It belongs to God. It is holy to the Lord. Now, some of the people say, well, it all belongs to God. Yeah, but you don't give it all. <laughs> you know, that's what one guy said to me. He said, you know, you talk about it, belong, tenth belongs to God. It all belongs to God. I said, okay, we'll give it all then, you know, if that's what you feel. Just give it all. No, he doesn't ask for all. He just wants to see if you'll take a step of faith and give him the first 10%. Um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a math illustration to figure out how to give the first, okay? Now, let me just say, I know right now when I use the word math, some of you are checking your emails. You just tuned out the word math, and it brought back very bad memories, and, and you probably need some healing. Uh, but um, I, 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 for me, I like math. I got it from my father. My father is, is a certified mathematical genius, certified. Uh, I have a son who's a mathematical genius. Apparently, it skips a generation. Um, but, I, I, but numbers actually add up in my mind without me trying to get them to. I, I, they, it just happens, okay? So um, <laughs> we were buying something one time, Debbie and I, and it was $7.99. And the tax rate uh, was 8.25. And so the, the lady said, I'm going to have to add the taxes on the calculator because the cash register is broken. And I said, it's 66 cents. Just like that. Now, and that's not difficult for me. Now, things that you do are difficult for me, okay? But that part's not difficult for me. Whatever you do for a living, I couldn't do. I, I know that. But, but this is just easy for me. And I said, it's 66 cents. And she looked at me for a moment, and then she did her little calculator, you know, and then she said, it's 66 cents. And so I said, okay, you know. So I went out and got in the car, and uh, Debbie and I hadn't been married that long, and sh but she said to me, how do you do that? Now, because we hadn't been married that long, I thought that she was actually asking me <laughs> how I did it. I know now she couldn't care less how I do it. She was just making her man feel good, you know. But I thought she was asking me. And so I told her. I said, well, sugar, uh, 
799 is close to 8. Our tax rate is 8.25. 8 times 8 is 64. Fourth of 8 is 2. 64 plus 2 is 66. And then this is, shows you how young and stupid I was in. I said uh, that should happen in less than a second in your mind. She said, it doesn't. And then she said, but I know what 25% off means. (laughs) Now, I still thought she was thinking math. I'm 42 years of marriage now. I know she's not, you know, but uh, I still thought. And so I just said to her, so if something's $100, again, I'm still thinking numbers. It's just stupid. I know. I know it is. But I just said, so if something's $100 and it's 25% off, what does that mean? She said, it means it's a good deal. (laughs) And then she said this, and she's a very intelligent woman. She just hates math. But she just, then she said this. She said, and if it's 50% off, it's free. what? What? And then she goes like this. Like, I'm the one that doesn't understand math now, you know. She said, Robert, everybody knows if it's 50% off, it's the same thing as buy one, get one free. So if it's 50% off, it's free. And then she goes on and she says, and if it's 75% off, you're making money. which explains some uh, difficulties we've had in our checkbook over the years. But anyway, the point is, let me give you a math illustration, but it's not, if you don't like math, it won't last long. That's what I'm trying to tell you, okay? Um, Let's say you have a landscape company, and you... um, uh, you come to me, I come, I call, call you and say, I want some plants and some shrubs. You say, this is how much my expenses will be. My labor will be this much. My maintenance will be this much. My uh, product will be this much, you know, my materials. Uh, and my profit will be $1,000. Because you don't tithe on all of that, your, all your expenses. You tithe only on your income, your increase, your profit. And so my my. My, my profit will be $1,000. Is that agreeable, the whole price? I say, yes, it is. Okay. So then you come do the job, and then I pay for all of the materials and labor. And then I, for your profit, I give you 10 $100 bills, all right, $1,000. So a tie is 10%. So we got $1,000 in your hand. How much is the, how much is the tithe? $100. I, I know some of you are like, okay, carry the one. Okay, but it's, that's okay. All right. But it's $100. But you got 10 $100 bills in your hand. Here's what I want to ask you. Which one is the tithe? Which, which $100 bill? Well, the first one. Yeah, that's right. Because you're listening to the message. That's good. The first one. But how do you know which one's the first one? Let me help you. It's the first one to leave your hand. In other words, if you say, let me set aside some for the mortgage, some aside for the cars, some for the groceries, some for clothing, some... Some, and oh, and here's God's portion. No, you didn't give, that's not God's portion. You gave God's portion to the mortgage company. And the mortgage company does not have the power to bless your finances. What happens many times in our lives, and we don't mean it to, we're, all, we're good people, we really love the Lord, we really do. 
But we don't know that this is a principle in the Bible about putting God first in our finances. So we say, so let me set aside some for this. I got to pay the bills and some for this and some for this. And then we say, oh, there's not enough leftover for God. But there was one over here that had the anointing of God on it. And that's called the redemptive portion in Scripture. It's the first portion. And it had the power to bless the other nine. And we didn't bring it to the house of God. Now, here's the way it works in my family. I get paid the 15th and the 30th. Automatic, you know, uh, draft, just probably like many of you. It just magically appears, you know, in the account. And so on the 15th and 30th, there are many, many people in our church that just set up an automatic payment. And I think that is probably one of the best ways to do it because I'm a little bit old school I actually like to go online and 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 do it and I do it during my quiet time but what happens if I don't have my quiet time now I know you're shocked because Dave always has a quiet time and never misses one but there are a few of the other pastors in the world we still miss our quiet time and and you do too by the way I'm just not gonna tell everybody but he does okay but what happens if you wake up early and you have an early morning meeting, you got to go to the airport, and you don't, you don't have, you don't have a, a, a longer quiet time like you normally do, okay? You just pray all the way to the airport. And then later that night, let's say I think to myself, oh, it's 15th, I got paid today, but I haven't done the tithe yet. Here's what I do. I go online, and I do it. Now, what happens, though, if Debbie went to the grocery store in between there, and she's already used the card for the grocery, you know, the bank card. I don't go to her and then say, well, that's great, sugar. We're cursed. <laughs> we're cursed. She gave part of the first portion to the grocery store, and we're cursed now. No, what I'm telling you today is not a legalistic principle. It's a heart principle. In my heart, the first goes to God. And let me tell you why. Because wherever you give the first is the priority in your life. And it's also whom you worship. That's, we're saying thank you to God. Lord, this income, this increase, this harvest came from you. Um, Exodus 13, we're not going to read the scripture, but in Exodus 13, God tells Moses, one day your son's going to come to you. And going to say, why are you doing this? Why are you sacrificing these animals? When he does, you tell him, because we used to be an enslaved people. We didn't own land. And God, with a mighty hand, set us free and gave us everything that we have. Therefore, we, we gladly give to God the firstborn and firstfruits. So years ago, I had that almost exact thing happen to me. Years ago, this was years ago before the internet, and I was, we had, I was, I would write the tie check out when I'd pay the bills, set it to the side to take it to the church on Sunday, and then I'd pay the bills. But I'd always write the tie check first and then set it to the side to take with me to church. And I was just thinking, some of you younger people, uh, we used to have these pieces of paper called checks. And um, it was before plastic was invented, and we rode dinosaurs to school, by the way. But um, anyway, so I wrote the tie check out, and I set it over. My son comes in, who has this brilliant math mind, 
He's old enough to read and he's old enough to know what numbers are, you know. And he saw this check and to him it was a lot of money, you know. And he said to me, Dad, why are you giving so much money to the church? And I remembered this scripture. And I took my son and I set him on my lap and I said to him, son, there's something about daddy that you don't know. But daddy wasn't always a Christ follower. I said, daddy used to be a very, very bad man. And daddy couldn't stop being bad. But God, with a mighty hand, delivered your daddy. Therefore, I gladly give to God the first of everything that we have. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And I just want you to ask the the Lord, Lord, help me know what the next step is for me through this series. It is so much more than money. God wants to do a work in our hearts. So just, just, just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm open. Just help me know what the next step is. Lord, I want to tell you thank you. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for the work you've done in in our lives. Thank you that by a mighty hand you have delivered us and put us on the right path now. And I pray, God, that you'll help all of us to know what's the next step. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Good to see you again.